Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Here's the NCAA of its own death wish as we continue to break through everything surrounding the news in Arizona. And I think this classifies as a legitimate blockbuster in the last week, the way this story has blown up for us. So let's start with a recap here of what happened. Last week, uh, we found out, according to ESPN reporter Mark Schlebaugh, in a massive breaking news story that ESPN was reporting that Sean Miller had attempted to pay or had paid $100,000 for DeAndre Ayton, a lottery pick, big-time center on the Arizona Wildcats basketball team, to attend the University of Arizona. And uh, immediately, Sean Miller was pulled out of uh, coaching. The Arizona Wildcats went on the road and lost at Oregon. Students there had all sorts of uh, great props in the stands. $100,000 $100,000 check made out from Sean Miller to DeAndre Ayton, people carrying around 100 grand bars. It was a zoo of an environment. Everyone, myself included, came on and said, look, Sean Miller looks like he needs to lose his job. Uh, the more uh, people wanted to uh, come down on Sean Miller, every major analyst you can think of in the world of college basketball rained down opprobrium, uh, insult, disgust on Sean Miller and the Arizona program. The outrage factory was in full motion. Then, yesterday, Sean Miller and Arizona host a press conference. That's after several different sites and people started to raise issues with the ESPN story and some of the facts behind it. Sean Miller maintained his innocence. Everybody kind of rolled their eyes and said, yeah, whatever, what else is he going to say? Well, he continued to press his case, and he convinced the University of Arizona president and many other 
uh, individuals in positions of prominence at Arizona that he had done nothing wrong, that this report from ESPN was, in fact, a lie, that it was defamatory and untrue. So yesterday, this press conference happened, and a lot of you have heard cuts of it, but given how much Sean Miller's name has been dragged through the mud, I thought, let's play the entirety of this press conference. Then when we come back, I will unpack this story for you and dive into all the details, the legal issues. I'll take your phone calls. You can go ahead and load them up, 877-996-6369. Who do you believe, ESPN or Sean Miller? I'm going to put this poll question up while we play the audio of Sean Miller's press conference yesterday. I'm going to play the whole thing because I think he deserves the right to defend himself, and I want you all to hear it, given how much negativity has been associated with Sean Miller's name and Arizona. I think it's fair on this show, and I think it's certainly fair any other media outlet that spent a substantial amount of time saying Sean Miller was guilty uh, based on the ESPN report. I think he deserves the right to give a full-throated denial and have his denial heard and given as much attention as the initial story received when ESPN reported it. But I'm going to ask you an interesting question. Who do you believe, Sean Miller and Arizona or ESPN? I'm curious to see your poll results. Do you believe the original ESPN story now, or do you believe Sean Miller and Arizona in terms of this story? Sean Miller now coming back to coach. Uh, He has risen back from the dead like Lazarus, and this is what it sounded like yesterday when he arrived for the press conference to announce his return wearing a simple University of Arizona polo. Let me begin by saying I I regret all the negative attention that has been focused on our program and the difficult position that this has created for President Robbins, Dave Hickey, the Arizona family, and especially our players and their families. I appreciate very much all the support I've received during this difficult time. Thank you to everybody. While I have done nothing wrong, I am responsible for our men's basketball program, and I am sickened that we are in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons. Contrary to what has been written this past week, we do our very best to run a clean program at the University of Arizona. I have done that since the first day I stepped on this campus. Compliance with NCAA rules is extremely important to us, and we work hard to create, maintain, and monitor a culture of compliance within our program. I have never knowingly violated NCAA rules while serving as head coach of this great program. I have never paid a recruiter prospect or their family or representative to come to Arizona. I never have and I never will. I have never arranged or directed payment or any improper benefits to a recruit or prospect or their family or representative, and I never will. I also understand that there is an ongoing federal investigation, and because of this, I cannot do anything that might compromise the integrity of this investigation. However, on this point, I cannot remain silent in light of media reports that have impugned the reputation of me, the university, and sullied the name of a tremendous young man, DeAndre Ayton. Let me be very, very clear. I have never discussed with Christian Dawkins paying DeAndre Ayton to attend the University of Arizona. 
In fact, I never even met or spoke to Christian Dawkins until after DeAndre publicly announced that he was coming to our school. Any reporting to the contrary is inaccurate, false, and defamatory. I'm outraged by the media statements that have been made and the acceptance by many that these statements were true. There was no such conversation. These statements have damaged me, my family, the university, DeAndre Ayton, and his incredible family. The only attempted corrections by the original source of the media statements are still inaccurate and completely false. I also want you to know that the one time that someone suggested to me paying a player to come to the University of Arizona, I did not agree to it. It never happened, and that player did not come to the University of Arizona. Out of respect for this ongoing investigation, the privacy of the student-athlete and his family, I'm not going to share further details concerning this matter. I appreciate more than anyone can realize Dr. Robbins and the university carefully considering this matter and acting upon facts. I have been completely open and transparent and I look forward to coaching this outstanding team as we seek to capture a Pac-12 regular season championship this week. I now intend to turn my focus to basketball and our players and this team. I once again want to express my thanks to all of those who have supported me. And this now completes my statement on this matter. There, there it is in entirety, and I wanted to play the entire statement for everybody out there because I think, again, as I was watching this myself, I thought several things. I'm going to run through those right now. One, it reminded me a little bit of the Duke lacrosse case, and obviously this is much less significant because the criminal stakes at play here are minuscule, and Sean Miller, in fact, hasn't been charged with any crime but if you remember when the Duke lacrosse players were charged with rape in the exotic dancer case years ago, and the Duke lacrosse players stood up in front of the media and said that the accusations were all fantastic lies and they would be vindicated, a lot of people rolled their eyes. A lot of people said, oh yeah, what do you expect him to say? This is an explicit degree of denial from Sean Miller that you rarely ever see. I mean, he said that the entire story that ESPN published is not true. And I'm going to be honest with you. I typically wait for facts to come out before I aggressively come out with an opinion. I took this report very seriously from ESPN. And on Monday of this week, I came in and talked uh, as if the Sean Miller case was a foregone conclusion. And for that, I apologize to you guys. Um, I didn't spend a lot of time covering the Sean Miller denial. Uh, I did not spend a lot of time diving into the intricacies of this case and talking about all the corrections that ESPN was going to have to make. Um, And that's a flaw on my part. Now, I didn't spend a lot of time on the Sean Miller particular aspect of this case. We kind of talked about it in a larger context. But I should have been more skeptical of this report from ESPN. 
particularly with it coming on the heels of what I think was failure in reporting from ESPN in the Michigan State case. I think ESPN made an indefensible attempt to connect the the Tom Izzo and the Mark D'Antonio coaching regimes to the awful Nasser story that came out about the sexual assault going on by a doctor. And I think if you go back and look at the Michigan State reporting and you put it into the context of now this Arizona reporting, there are a lot of flaws existing at ESPN as we speak now. And what ESPN has got is a big megaphone, and when they decide to turn that megaphone on, they can bury you even if what they're reporting is, as Sean Miller is saying, defamatory lies. Now, it's also possible that ESPN's reporting is true and that Sean Miller is lying to save his job. What I would like to know now, if I were in charge of this ESPN story, or if I were the writer of this ESPN story, what I would want done now is I would want the method behind this story to come out. How many people were working on it? It's easy, I know, to, to pile on to an individual writer, but on a story of this magnitude, I would bet that ESPN had 10 to 12 people actually working on it, vetting it, everything else. Who are all of these people? Where did the sourcing come from? ESPN says they're still confident in their story, but how confident can, there, can they be in their story with the response now of, uh, of Sean Miller? If there is a tape, this will come out sooner or later. We will know who was telling the truth on this. And if ESPN is wrong, then I think you have to take it into account when you think about every ESPN breaking news story for years to come, because this will be a huge swing and miss. This will be like the Duke lacrosse case in terms of the miss here by a media entity, like the Rolling Stone case, which nearly basically bankrupted Rolling Stone. Uh, If you remember that, the gang rape case at the University of Virginia that Rolling Stone put on the cover of their magazine, and then everything in that story fell apart. There have been a lot of media failures when it comes to stories in the world of sports, and certainly beyond. We don't even need to get into the media failures that exist in the world of politics or the world of current events or anything like that. We're just focusing on the world of sports here. There have been a lot of stories that have turned out to be wrong. And I'm going to talk about the legal implications of this case. I will take any of your questions on this case. I think we owe it to everybody out there, given how much attention not just this show, but all the shows I think across the country gave to ESPN's initial report about Sean Miller paying $100,000 for DeAndre Ayton to go to uh, the University of Arizona. Given now that he is shooting it down, and given that he is doing so so vociferously, so directly, and that's why I wanted to to play the entirety of that clip, we have got a poll question up for you right now. Who do you believe? Sean Miller in Arizona or ESPN. You can go to at Clay Travis on Twitter and cast your vote. I'm curious to see what you guys believe. Look, there's a lot of reasons to believe either side here. Uh, certainly, Sean Miller has an incentive to lie. Uh, if if he, in fact, did offer $100,000 for a recruit, why would he ever admit to it? His career is over as a coach. If he admits to it, he has an incentive to lie about it. Uh, ESPN, you would think, would vet this so well that they would be 100% right before they actually publish it. But I think Sean Miller has raised a large flag of doubt here, a large measure of doubt about whether this reporting 
can be legitimately believed. What are the legal implications? What can Sean Miller do? What can DeAndre Ayton do? What does this mean for ESPN's legitimacy going forward, particularly in light of what I think were pretty big failings in the way that they covered the Michigan State uh, sexual assault allegations in basketball and football surrounding Tom Izzo and Mark D'Antonio in the wake of the Larry Nasser case where I think they tried to pile on and make it look like one large criminal enterprise as opposed to acknowledging that there was no connection between Nasser and the men's basketball and football programs. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We're joined now, as we always are on Fridays in the final hour, by Casey Smith at KYC Smith. She's in Boston. She's got a new gig. We'll ask her about that coming up. But how closely have you been following this Sean Miller story, Casey? I've been following it. I mean, not every single detail, but of course I've been following it all week because I just, I think the NCAA has been doomed for a long time. You know, I went to A&M, so I followed the Johnny Manziel stuff with the autographs and all that very closely. And so whenever all the news broke that it was, you know, all the the basketball schools were going to be in trouble, it was like, okay, what are they going to do now? The black market obviously exists, so what are they going to do? And now this news about Sean Miller coming out and denying it, it's baffling to me that somebody could get this wrong if that's the case. So... Uh, just a lot of details flying everywhere. It'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. We've got the poll question up. You can go find it on Twitter. Who do you believe on this story? Arizona and Sean Miller or ESPN? 67% of you with about 10,000 votes so far tabulated on our uh, Twitter poll there. Believing Arizona and Sean Miller. 33% of you believing ESPN. And uh, again, I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to the podcast as we've spent a lot of time talking about this all throughout the uh, the show. Now, Casey, you have a new gig. What's your new gig? I will be going to Barstool Sports in a couple of weeks. So that's uh, I know that you and uh, you guys in Barstool, you know, you have a, a Twitter thing sometimes, but I will be a peacemaker between the two of you. So that's my thing. I'm neutral party. I'm Poland over here, Switzerland, whoever it is. Yeah, one of the so uh, so you. <laughs> what will you be doing there? So you've been working for a long time doing television uh, for the NBC affiliate, NBC Sports affiliate in uh in boston now you will be doing what for barstool so i'll be doing serious radio so they know that uh they just got the the station in january they got their own 24-hour station so i'll be doing a barstool radio with them i'll be having a video series and more will come out on that and then i'll just be doing all their normal stuff the rundown and everything that they do on social and so uh being in boston and working for nbc sports boston i've obviously paid a lot of attention to what they've been doing because they are boston and uh, I love the idea of the multimedia platform and, and just the idea to get to be me 100%. You know that I like to say some crazy things sometimes. So it'll be a wild ride, and that starts on the 13th. So I've got about a week or so. Awesome. And you get to move to New York City, which I imagine will be a fun uh, fun city to move into. Absolutely. I never thought I'd live in New York. I always thought I'd end up in L.A., so we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm really stoked about it. I think it'll be a great time. All right, so we've been having this discussion all week long. I'm curious what your answer to this is going to be. When I say Nakatomi Towers, what does that mean to you? Well, that's Die Hard. Okay, because the other right? girls that yes, the <laughs> yeah. other girls that we have had yes, the other girls that we have had on the show have not been aware of what Nakatomi Towers is, and it's made me start to fear that perhaps there's this huge gap of knowledge about girls who have not seen the movie Die Hard. So this is, uh, like I was using as an example, um, the, the reason it came up was we have Petros Papadakis on with us every Tuesday. He's on AM 570 Sports out in L.A. 
and I was talking about you've been out to L.A. The, the Fox lot is right by Avenue of the Stars, which is in Century City. As you're coming down, the Nakatomi Tower, the building that they used as the Nakatomi Towers in L.A., is right there on Avenue of the Stars. And so we had a 22-year-old Fox PA who was driving me back to the hotel, and don't worry, it's not going to turn into a Harvey Weinstein story here. And uh, as we're driving by, she was new to L.A., and so I was like, hey, you know, like this is pretty cool. They'll probably tell you eventually because it's right by the Fox lot, but that's the Nakatomi Tower building. And it was like I had, it was like suddenly I didn't speak English with her. She had never seen the movie, had no idea about Die Hard, and uh, and so that's continued throughout. And I've been just kind of polling people, and a number of girls in their twenties and thirties who have not seen Die Hard is really terrifying to me. I'm not even going to get to teen. I don't know a teenage girls. So that's probably good for me, but I can't imagine that teenage girls are very pl- plugged in as well. I find it impossible to believe that men have not seen it, but you're the first person to pass the test so far. I've seen all of them, even like the crappy ones that came like later in the movie franchise. I still watched like Bruce Willis is like jumping out of airplanes and landing onto cars. But I was like, whatever, I am invested in this. Yes. And I'm just mad that when I was on the Fox lot, the multiple times I've been, that nobody let me know there that go. that was a Nakatomi building. Because Die Hard, my dad loves Die Hard, so I'm sure that's why I watched it when I was younger and then have continued to. But how do you not know Die Hard? Like the, I, only thing I, 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 the only conversation I have is it's not a Christmas movie. I, I refuse to believe it's a Christmas movie, but other than that, I love everything Die Hard. All right, so here's another. We're going to play trivia with you. All right, so that's good. Uh, when I say because we talked about this uh, this story with Sean Miller and um, and obviously ESPN, and if ESPN is wrong in this, how big of a failure it is for their reporting. There have been a lot of big failures in reporting recently. I'm sure you remember like the Rolling Stone, the UVA gang rape case. Like, mm-hmm. that story fell apart. Rolling Stone ended up having to pay millions of dollars. The company sold the magazine. Like, it was a disaster for them. Uh, you had, uh, obviously, like, there have been other big stories. The Duke Lacrosse story, which everybody knows because the guys didn't do anything wrong and they were accused of a crime. But another guy that, uh, and, and it's interesting, they're making a movie, which I, I already, I've got to see this. My guy Justin in L.A. put this in our, our chat window here. Uh, the Ballad of Richard Jewell is being made right now. It's in production with Jonah Hill playing Richard Jewell, and it's also going to star Leonardo DiCaprio as his attorney. Do you remember or know who Richard Jewell is? I think he's a police officer. I'm not going to be near as confident on this one, but I want to say he's a police officer, but I can't really remember all the details. I could be completely wrong. Am I That's wrong on close. that? That's close. No, no, it's close because I think it's an interesting window into modern-day society. Richard Jewell was a security guard, like a, uh, not a police officer, but like a security guard who was employed at the 1996 Olympics. And ah. he found a bomb outside in one of the parks, I think at the Olympic Park there in Atlanta. He found a bomb there, and later it was he was the hero. Like, he found the bomb, like he saved people, he cleared the area. But media and the FBI and everybody else decided that he was the guy to blame for the bomb, that he had planted it. And so he went into this like 10-year-long legal crusade to try to clear his name, and he was the hero, but they tried to portray him as the villain. And it's interesting, like as I think about him now, I'm not saying that the analogy is perfect with Sean Miller, obviously, but... Even back when Bill Clinton was president, presidents always get obsessed with the media coverage over over them. And the word was that Bill Clinton uh, has managed 
to actually uh, like would follow all the the stories about Richard Jewell because he felt like the media had been unfairly treating him too, and so Richard Jewell kind of became this 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 figure that he felt represented the way the media was treating him too. But all of that to say, wouldn't you love to watch this movie? Doesn't that sound like an awesome idea for a movie? Absolutely, and that just the, the two actors that you just mentioned, given the Wolf watching. of Wall Street, what they pulled off. I mean, the, the combination of Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio is a fantastic one. Yeah, and before Wolf of Wall Street, like I've always liked Jonah Hill, but before Wolf of Wall Street, I probably wouldn't have been like, oh, I want to see Jonah Hill in like a semi-serious role because he was always super bad to me. That was Jonah yes. Hill, but now that you see he can actually you know, do a lot of those roles and he's done uh, many more, like I'm sold 100%. And plus stories like that are always interesting. Did you watch Waco by any chance? I did not. I love, so I obviously love Tim Riggins, AKA uh, the guy who plays Tim Riggins, whatever his real life name is. But I know he played David Koresh, but I have not watched it. How was that? It's fantastic. So Taylor Kitsch, who was Tim Riggins, plays David Koresh. And like, it's kind of reminds me of what you were just talking about. Now, obviously David Koresh was a creep and there were a lot of different things that were going on, but the way that they portray what actually happened from a survivor's story inside that compound and the way the FBI and the media treated it. And I don't, I mean, I was too young to remember the media coverage, but I remember in Texas it being a big deal and always thinking one thing. And then as I got older, reading about it and then watching this series and realizing, oh my God, the media and the FBI completely portrayed this falsely to make them look better. And while there's, you know, somewhere down the middle, it's like, wow, media can really get these things wrong for decades. So they did a fantastic job. You love it, Clay. It's, it's really, really compelling. And Taylor Kitsch should get every single award for it, way outside the fact that I love him. He did a fantastic job. But it's the same thing. Like, they got things wrong, and they told things that people, you know, that didn't happen. And now it's coming out on film and on TV, and it's interesting to watch. It is, it is to me, utterly fascinating because if everybody says something, it's really hard to unring the bell and prove it to not be true. And, and I think about this Sean Miller case in particular because let's say that he is 100% vindicated. Let's say that eventually these FBI investigative tapes come out and there are none of him talking to DeAndre Ayton and offering $100,000 that the report that ESPN put out there is never true and it was a lie. A lot of people are still going to believe the ESPN report because they're not going to have spent the time to follow up and know what the truth was, right? So once you make an accusation and it's out there in the public, even if you end up later vindicated, it's hard to manage to get that vindication thoroughly spent out there. Like when I mentioned Richard Jewell, you said I think he's kind of a police officer. I bet there were a lot of people out there who thought, oh yeah, he's the guy who bombed the, uh, who's planted the bomb in Atlanta if they remembered him at all because that was the suggestion of the media reports. Even though he's actually the hero, the opposite of that is what is out there so still for a lot of people publicly that he's the villain. Yeah, and that's in, it's really one of those things and I hate to be like, oh, you know, journalism is so important because it's like obviously in this day and age you want to get that information out quickly because it's social media But it just goes back to the fact of like being right is so much more important because you're right. When you look at all these things, I mean, if you're not paying attention to Sean Miller right now, you just assume he was paying a hundred grand, which by the way, is a cheap number anyways. Yeah, right. I mean, it'd be a steal for DeAndre Ayton if you could get him for a hundred grand. But yeah, like he denies it completely. And if there's not a tape of it, he's going to be proven correct. I mean, the ESPN report is either a hundred percent right or it's a hundred percent wrong. I don't think there's a middle ground in this case at all. 
Yeah, exactly. And so when you look at stuff like this, and obviously I don't think this Sean Miller thing is going to turn into something in entertainment, whether it be a movie or TV show, but that's why I really like it. It's so compelling, like you said, to watch these things because with this Richard Jewell story or with Waco uh, and David Koresh, like you see the different sides of it and you almost start to like feel so badly for the subject. You're like, how in the world did the media who's paid to cover these subjects get this so wrong? And like, I found myself during watching Waco, like hating the FBI characters. I'm like, what? They're the FBI. I shouldn't be feeling this way. But if this is really the way that the story was portrayed, how did people get it so wrong for so long? I just don't understand how that happens. Yeah. And look, I mean, and we're in media. And uh, I start off the show by saying I should have been more skeptical of this ESPN report, but I bought it a whole cloth because they cited FBI uh, wiretaps. I mean, I can't think of anything more reliable to cite than a audio conversation that's on tape and certainly has turned into a transcript. And it seems to me likely based on the response from Sean Miller so far, that ESPN's wrong. Now, I could be wrong. Sean Miller could be 100% a liar, but this story is not going to go away, and we're eventually going to know the whole truth. Casey, thanks for getting up early with us. Congrats on the new gig, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, Clay. Thanks so much. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.